Good morning. God is so good. I bless his holy name. I thank the Lord for another day of being able to study his word, work for him, be his hands, be his voice. I want to talk this morning about contentedness. Contentedness. I have a Bible study series I teach called Women of the Word. And it just looks into the lives of women that we find recorded in scripture. And it's amazing how you can very easily and study find something about them, maybe what activity they're participating in or what their name is defined as or so many aspects of them. You can find something about our modern lives that can help us from their lives. And when I was looking at Eve a little more than a year ago, I discovered that her first son, her first son's name means, Cain, means possessions. And I, as soon as I read that definition, I thought, well, isn't that exactly what women still produce pretty early in our lives. We produce a need for possessions. And then Eve's second son, Abel, his name means breathe. And again, that is still where women get in our production of life we go through early seasons where we are craving possessions and then we get sick of the stuff and we just want a space to breathe just give me let me breathe and um that is what i want to address today in our sacred time here is contentedness. Getting to that place, the importance of getting to that place of contentedness where what we produce is neither possessions. We produce a place to breathe, but so often what I see is our possessions coming back to haunt us and killing, just as Cain killed Abel, killing our ability to have that peace to breathe. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, 
The Apostle Paul says, All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. Just because I can have whatever I want doesn't mean that's the smartest thing. And Paul goes on to say, All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. This is a, an effort that we need to make in our lives as we are friends, as we are mothers, as we are wives, as we are co-workers, as we are leaders in our community. The only way to truly fulfill and accomplish what is in our vision, what is in our heart to do, is to make sure that we are not brought under the power of any. And specifically talking about those things that, you know, perhaps as Christians in our efforts to God said, be holy as I am holy in our efforts to reach toward his holiness and come, the scripture says, come out from among them and be ye separate in our efforts to do those things. We rid ourselves of so many bondages that the world deals with and so here we are living for God and we're not dealing with uh, drug addiction. We're not dealing with uh, porn addiction. At, at least we should not be. We should be getting to a place of deliverance. If you're not delivered already, you should. we should never say, well, nobody knows. This is a secret. And so... I'm okay because nobody knows. It's not expedient for you. I I really didn't mean to get into this topic, but that's that's why it doesn't matter who knows and who doesn't know. It doesn't matter what your reputation is. If you or I are dealing with a secret bondage, it's not expedient for us. We are not going to be able to do what God is calling us to do if we are dealing with these secret bondages. And Paul said, I will not be brought under the power of any. And and what we have to recognize is, is okay, so maybe we're not as bad as that guy and I'm going to put in finger quotes over there, that guy. But what are we? What are we brought under the power of? That's a question we've got to present to ourselves before the Lord in all honesty. Are we brought under the power of any? Is it retail therapy? Is it uh, coffee? (laughs) I dare say as I sit here and sip it. That just because they're not sinful doesn't mean 
we should be under its power. And what I mean by that is we can't live without it. Paul said, I will not be brought under the power of any because he wanted as free a life. So looking at this normal DNA, we talked about Galatians 5 on Monday, this normal DNA drive that drives us to some to uh the, the some works of the flesh are strife are dealing with contention hot tempers some works of the flesh are uh sexual immoralities the works of the flesh are are many and and it is our individual it doesn't matter what the reputation is forget forget about what people think about you what what are you free to do for God based on what you, yourself, what am I free to do based on me and what I have been brought, what I have given myself over to? I will not be brought under the power of any. Luke twelve fifteen, Jesus said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And in our look at contentedness today, this verse came to mind because we need far less than we think. We actually need far less than we think. And as a woman, we birth like Cain, Eve birthed Cain, possessions. We just, we, we birth a need to own things and then we need to breathe. And so we birth, we go ram, rummaging through the house, nesting, cleaning out closets, cleaning out cabinets, and then we're not careful, we will birth Cain, or Cain will come along and kill Abel, however you want to think about that. But the reality is that we need far less than we think. And that's where I want us to put our mind today is on contentedness. Philippians chapter four, Paul says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul goes on to say, I know how to be abased. In other words, I know how to have nothing. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. And that's not merely talking about your tummy being full or hungry. That's talking about your lifestyle. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. The word suffer means allow. You know, Jesus said suffer. This is King James Version, by the way. And the King James Version, Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. The word suffer in the King James Version is not 
necessarily how we think of the word suffer, which is, you know, where we are in much pain and duress. But he says, Paul says, both to abound, that means to have a lot, and to suffer need. That word suffer means to allow need. I, I am instructed, we are instructed to be full and to abound. We are instructed to seek uh, that fullness, to seek abundance. But we are also instructed to be hungry and to allow need. And then we get to the verse that we quote, and we this is the verse that's on shirts and pillows and wall hangings. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So firstly, I want to point out, I have learned. I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. This, the different states he's talking about is being abased, which is being being humbled and abounding, having a lot, being uh, wealthy everywhere and in all things. The, the state that he is in, he has learned to be content, whether he is full or hungry, whether he is abounding or he is suffering need. And you're wondering, well, well, how do I do that? Verse 13 lets you know how to do that. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. He learned to do this. He said he was instructed to do this. And so when we look at ourselves and we know we've overspent, we know Amazon is now a tap away. We know these things. I remember my parents telling a story when I was a little girl. So this is going to be back in the 1970s. Um, the, I guess the child was used to, in the middle of a fight, hearing a parent say that they were going shopping. And so the, the story is that this child, the mother was correcting this, this little girl. And in the middle of that correction, she said, I'm just going to Kmart. <laughs> and so we've always used that line whenever we were frustrated. I'm just going to Kmart. That's the fix. Let's, let me just go shopping. <laughs> well, now you don't even have to get in your car and go to Kmart. Kmart's gone. And just, you know, in the middle of the night, if you're feeling blah, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling whatever the abased feelings are, we can really easily just open that Walmart app, open that Amazon app, open that eBay app. Like, just right there. Don't have to leave. Don't have to get dressed right in the throes of depression and anxiety, trying to calm ourselves down. We will overspend. And then that's a domino effect because the bills are going to come due. And so we, we need to remember that contentedness is a learning process. The, the 
definition of the word have learned when Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. It means to increase your knowledge. It means to be informed. He had to learn. He had to be informed about how to be content. It means to learn by use and practice, to be in the habit of, accustomed to. So contentedness is a learning process. It's a learning process. Content, when Paul said he has learned in whatever state he was in to be content, content means sufficient for one's self. To be content is defined as strong enough. To be content is possessing enough to need no aid or support. Content means independent of external circumstances. Content. This isn't something that you just do. It's something you learn to do. Now, let me point out some learning. How do you learn contentedness? You humans learn by, uh, people say, I I went to the school of hard knocks, (laughs) right? People learn by that. They learn by circumstances occurring in their lives. It could be health. It could be uh, a loss of a home. It could be death. It could be abuse. There's so many traumas that occur in our lives and they teach us habits. They teach us habits. And if we have learned habits based on traumatic experiences, then even though those habits protected us during those moments of trauma, once our lives have moved past those painful experiences and, and they are truly past, we are removed from that person who wounded us, hurt us physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it is. Once we have truly moved past that, we actually have to learn how to get rid of the habits that we picked up during the season of trauma. It's almost like a like if a person is in an auto accident and they lose the they have to go through a lot of surgery and they they have to go through therapy to walk again. The trauma caused them to function in a way that was necessary for that season. But once the scars have healed and and the body has moved on, now on purpose, you you go through pain. The physical therapy is painful. Learning to walk again is painful. Those muscles that have gotten used to sit in a certain way in a cast or or not used to having weight on it and the muscles have to be built again and same thing happens in our lives and so circumstances the school of hard knocks teaches us a lot of things but we might need to 
go back to a, a spiritual school, I'll say, and learn another way to walk. Okay, God, I, I thank you for the survival techniques that you gave me during that time period. But that's gone. Those people are past. I am past that. I have wisdom now. I can smell that spirit a mile away now. That's how I am. And a lot of people that I talk to, if if they've been hurt by somebody, whatever hurt them, they can they can almost smell that spirit. They can see it a mile away. And okay, that's your wisdom. Don't don't cozy up to those people, to that person. Don't cozy up to them. But the habits formed during that trauma season, you you and I have to relearn. So we learn, Paul said, I have learned to be content. So we learn by circumstances in our lives. You may have had to learn to be content with sitting in bed all day because your health turned against you. Your body said, I am your enemy. And now you sit in a room alone most of the hours of the day while other people are out taking pictures of their lunches and friends and and life forced you to learn to find peace and contentment in a recliner or in a bed. And could be something else that's caused you to learn to be content. But you can also learn by fabricating situations before you need it. And I I wouldn't be surprised that it's a little bit of both that Paul is referring to when, when he says he learned to be content. You know, the military military training fabricates bad circumstances. It's a controlled environment where it's extremely rare for anyone to actually get hurt. But it's a controlled environment where they learn how to, the, the, not only military, but um, emergency services, firemen, policemen, police women, firewomen, <laughs> police persons, Boy, I I dated myself, student of the 1970s and 80s. Uh, But they fabricate dangerous environments so that they can navigate through smoke or in the military so that they can learn to survive on next to nothing. Or there are even branches of military that have to learn how to find wild game and kill it and figure out how to get a fire to cook it and or which parts are okay to eat raw and which parts will make you sick and oh my goodness the 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 training that they do where they fabricate dangerous situations so that if and when that dangerous situation comes you already know you have learned how to handle it And that's what I feel like we need to do in a society where relief, we can be brought under the power 
of everything from social connection to uh, items that we buy we we to to drugs to chemical dependencies we are easily able to be brought under the power of all kinds of things but if we will learn contentedness and perhaps in a fabricated situation so so a for instance is fasting going without food on purpose that puts a person in a place where if god forbid you were ever in a situation where food was scarce you're able to look back and say i've i've already fasted 3 days multiple times i'm going to be fine now hopefully that will never come to pass but when you're doing like Paul and you are saying I have been instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to allow need to allow myself to be needy then then you can fabricate that those training environments yesterday so uh I'm about to go on um a ministry trip to Asia and in my preparation of kind of stripping away Danae and my desires and and so forth I'm you know trying to put myself in a place to be very tender and sensitive to the spirit of the Lord and the guidance of the Lord while I'm there and yesterday I was feeling very melancholy and sentimental and lonely and that's okay that's a normal thing for moving into a place of ministry because you've you've stripped yourself of all of the normal things that give you contentedness but it dawned on me that those feelings they they kind of rise up and and it reminded me of like I used to get a lot of canker sores in my mouth those white sores and there would be some days where that the pain from those little white sores would consume my mouth and whole head to a point where the pain was causing me to tingle and I don't mean in a good way I mean just kind of out of my mind a little bit but I would just pause everything and breathe through it and then I was fine and it dawned on me yesterday that that's what we can do with those sadnesses those loneliness feelings those those melancholies those things if we're going to learn to be content and not soothe those feelings with uh Amazon or pills or texting or gossip or whatever is our fallback if we're going to do learn to do that then we learn to engage the presence of the Lord God give me peace Lord I love you thank you for being with me in this moment contentedness the reason we want it is because contentedness puts us in a place of power 
contentedness. When you learn to be content in whatsoever state you are in, Satan cannot tempt you if you are content. Your flesh cannot overtake you if you are content. You're not going to go into debt trying to satisfy cravings if you're content. You aren't threatened by others winning if you are content. If you are content, then the scripture, Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with them that rejoice. You don't have to fake that when you're content. When you're content, you don't fake smiles when somebody else is winning. When James 3.16 says for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. You're not jealous. You don't live in selfish selfish ambition when you are content. Contentment quiets the mind. And in that quietness, we find thoughts and wisdom to guide our family. In that place of contentedness, we have the ability to heal friends. In that place of contentedness, we have the ability to teach others things that we've went, gone through and, and how God's helped us through and how they can also get through. But if we are not learning to be content, then we will live in a state of torment. I'm going to end with Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know it's a hard lesson, but it's a worthy lesson. And it is an empowering position. I encourage you to pray and ask God. Ask God to help you come to that place of contentedness. Praise the Lord.